Hello and welcome back to the Queen City Roundup. And it is almost playoff time. Aren't you excited, Matt? I don't even know where to begin with playoffs because holy shit, doesn't even. Don't worry. Before the playoffs start, we got to watch the Flames versus the Canucks. In a leisurely skate that will take place with nothing. Because let's just have these exhibition games take place because we need to try and make out as much money as we can because we completely botched this whole entire return to play plan. But enough about the NHL's normal ways of doing business. There's more important things to discuss. And And uh, we can discuss those things on our social medias, which you can follow us on on at at Q underscore City Roundup on Twitter and at Queen City Roundup on Instagram. See that? Uh, that oh, not there wasn't a transition, but see that? Uh, that that's kind of smooth on my part. I mean, I guess it was. That's what mm-hmm. I would say. I'm proud I, of myself. I'd, I'd say that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I was actually gonna. I thought you were gonna like completely gloss over it, but thankfully you did not. Um. But we need to, uh, since we did not uh, talk about this, because uh, we all this happened after our show last week, uh, I guess we'll touch on it quickly. Uh, the Leafs got another Russian, making this, the, I believe, the third international player that they have signed. No, not international, sorry. The third player they have signed within the last, like, month or so. Uh, they announced that they have signed uh, forward Krilly Semyonov from the KHL, who currently uh, finished this past season with Avangard Omsk of the KHL. Yes, uh, he is actually, believe it or not, he is the next uh, Artemi Panarin. You think? Yes. I mean, okay. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not a statistician or a scout, so I cannot uh, vouch for that, but... Uh, he looks pretty promising. Uh, last year, in a full normal uh, KHL season, he did put up sixty or forty six points in sixty two games. Uh, he had twenty six and sixty this year. Nothing too crazy, uh, but then again, Russia is a whole different like monster. Uh, and the Leafs have done pretty well with at least with the Russians that they have uh, had they gotten on, um, except for noted uh, San Jose Sharks uh, sniper Alex Barabanov. Which is uh, weird. Would you believe me if I told you that Alex Barabanov has seven points in eight San Jose Sharks games? He has how many? He has currently seven points in eight games with the Sharks. Um, Go figure I mean, that one. I mean, yeah, that's pretty uh, – I don't know. Like, I guess he's given a bigger, um, a bigger role. Oh, 100%. In, uh, in San Jose, so he's taking advantage of it and good for him. Yeah, and that's definitely something that I, I think it's one of those things where you look at players that come into the organization, like an organization, they don't really fit. It's just like, okay, we'll, we'll flip you to this organization. And it's like, okay, now we're talking. Like, now is where, you know, stuff starts to, to pick up. And for the better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess like he's a center. I don't necessarily know where he's gonna fit in. I'm assuming he's gonna be playing uh maybe on the wing potentially. I don't know. Uh there's still a whole lot of uncertainty with who's coming back. Uh they have a lot more UFAs than I thought. Holy geez. Um but uh, enough of that. Uh, we are going to uh, well off camera. We made our we just made the roster right. I don't think we needed to do special teams or anything like that. No. Good because I don't know what the f power play would look like. Nor do I think a power play is even good on this team. But I digress. Still, me and Joey. This got- is for game one of the of the playoffs. What we think our lineups would be. Yes, so uh, I'm gonna flip a coin, and uh, what's whatever your call is is going to be who goes first. So right. what, is your, what is your call? I will say heads. Okay, I'll say tails. Uh, it is tails, so I'm going first. 
All right. Bitchin'. Okay, so uh, this also is presuming that everybody on the roster is 100% healthy, with the exception of Zach Bogosian. And Riley no, I mean, Allen. I mean, Hyman is set is set to be ready. Yeah. And, so, so and yeah, and Felino is a game time decision next game. So that tells me by playoff time he'll be ready. And um, and Riley Nash apparently is going to be ready to go too. Well, I do not factor in Riley Nash. I think my... he needs another couple couple games. But yeah, whatever. Go go for it. So uh, okay, I'll just I'll factor him in there. I guess uh, we'll do it like that. Okay. So, um, my lines are not too crazy, but there is one notable name that is out of the starting lineup, at least for right now, just because. So, top line, Hyman, Matthews, Marner, no surprises there. Mm -hmm. Second line, Felino, Tavares, Nylander, uh, which is what we're seeing at the the morning skate as of our recording. Felino is going to be playing in the top six regardless, and I think he's only played like what? He has, he's only played like one game with the Leafs so far. Played like three or four. He's got four assists in five games, which is pretty friggin' <laughs> impressive. I wouldn't be surprised if if they maybe bring him back, but then again, who knows? Um. So uh, those those are my top six. My third line is Galchenyuk, Perfoot, Simmons, which is a lot of people look at that as uh, what the frig, but like. I, like when you look at the fourth line, you're not really going to be changing it per se. Uh, my fourth line is Pierre Engvall, Jason Spezza, and Joe Thornton. So you may notice a notable name is out of the lineup in Ilya Mikheyev. Uh Yeah, I mean, like it, it just really sucks because, like, I know Mikheyev, uh is having a really bad year uh, offensively. The guy just cannot get the puck to go in the net fact that he doesn't have at least 10 goals is kind of shocking but again like you know you never know with uh with the way things are uh, i think mikhaev right now uh they'll probably sit him uh they, they'll want that playoff experience that's why simmons will be probably playing in the bottom six but on the third line uh and it's Betts and thornton as well uh and then as an honorary fifth line because why not because uh, i didn't incorporate riley nash into it was Liam Mikheyev, Adam Brooks, and Riley Nash. Um, defensively, uh, nothing really changes per se. Well, I mean, one one thing notoriously changes, and that's I flip uh, Jake Muzzin and Morgan Riley. So I put Muzzin and Brody as my top pair, Riley and Hall as my uh, two pair, and then Hutton and Dermott as my, my bottom two pair, um, which... I mean, if it was up to me, I'd rather have Rasmus Sandin, but you can't always get what you want in life. Um, and then in goalies, I have Jack Campbell starting. I got Freddie as the backup, which we'll talk about. And uh, big save, David, is uh, is the extra in case of emergency break glass goalie, uh, just because Holy Jeezy is not good. Um. So I've got some differences. I mean, I, I can already tell at least one. I disagree with you with you a lot on one specific player. But anyways, our first line is the same. Hyman, Matthews, Marner. Don't really need to go, talk about that much. Second line, I've got Galchenyuk, Tavares, Nylander. I just think putting Galchenyuk any further down in the lineup just doesn't make much sense. I think that he's a t- you either put him in the top six or he's out of the lineup because you want you know, like if, like you, uh, he's definitely not a fourth line player and I don't see him being of any use there and you want a third line to be more defensively responsible than that so I have him and on the second line my third line is more of my shutdown line or what I want the Leafs to have as a shutdown line, and that will be Nick Foligno, um, Alexander Kerfoot, and Ilya Mikheyev. And I think Mikheyev is great in that spot. He's, he, I don't think you will see his true value to this team until it's playoff time because he's such a like he 
he's an elite defensive forward and his speed is super valuable to the team, especially come playoff time and what he can bring defensively in, in a shutdown role, like put him up against top competition and he'll do his job extremely well. And then the fourth line, I have the angry old men line, Joe Thornton, Jason Spezza and Wayne Simmons. That line is probably atrocious defensively, but you give them an offensive zone start here and there, they'll be able to keep the puck deep, uh, keep some pressure on the other team while you rest up the top competition for, for a minute or two. And then they, they go on and then it's a nightmare for everyone else. And yeah. And then here's the thing, like, Riley Nash, I don't think, comes in and takes someone's spot without playing a game. But if you did want to put Riley Nash in, what I would do in that situation is Galchenyuk would come out of the lineup. You move Kerfoot to that second line left wing spot because he does play really well with Tavares and Nylander. Then you move Riley Nash into that third line center's role with Felino and Mikheyev, and that would be an even better shutdown line. Right. And then, so and then for defense, I have nothing really changed. I have I have Riley Brody on the top line. I like Muzzin Hole together as a shutdown pairing. So if you pair them up, if you pair that up with um with the Leafs third line, uh, that is not going to get a lot of goals against on in the playoffs. So I have that, and then. I have Sandine Dermott game one as the third pairing just because I don't think Bogosian will be quite ready yet. And I don't know if you want to put in someone who might not be a hundred percent for the playoffs. Like right at, right in off the bat in game one. If he needs another couple days, you give him that other couple days. And yeah, my goalies are the same. Campbell starting Anderson backup Riddich, third goalie. The thing with Sandine is I don't know if they're willing to start him just because of the cap situation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's no salary cap in the playoffs. That is true, but I don't know, like, if it's going to help with, like, I, I mean, they already burned his ELC, I guess. So. I mean, he's already, he's also 20 years old, so his ELC started no matter what. I guess it's kind of, I think, like, like I think we can all agree, like, regardless of game one, there's going to be changes in the lineup in game two. Um, just because, like, you're, you're like, I, I we don't know what the playoff schedule is going to look like yet. Um, oh, we don't even know, like, like every single gotta wait for those pesky Canucks games to finish, yeah, which is really like, okay, like, I'm not gonna shit on the Canucks because, like, I understand, like, they probably don't want to play, like, I wouldn't want to play, like, are you kidding me? Like, there's nothing on the line, like, they they're clearly like, there's no incentive to play. Like I don't either really team, know. exactly, um, and like everyone else has already clinched a playoff spot, so like it really, it really doesn't matter. Um, now is the time when, uh, unfortunately, we're seeing all the firings happen, except for Torts, who I don't really feel bad for at all, because uh, no one should feel bad for for John Tortorella getting fired. I don't know. That's a little harsh. Well, actually, no. Sorry, he didn't get fired. He, he they mutually parted ways. Well, his contract expired. Yeah, I think it was one of those things where Torts Dewey was done. Like he lost the room, and he's like, oh, "Fuck, I'm gonna leave." Which makes sense. From that Aaron Ports line piece, it doesn't sound like he was really that hated by the by players who played. For yeah, him. I don't think. He, I I think like a lot of the stuff was overblown. I think like it sounded he, like more like the issues of Columbus. Mostly came from Yarmo Kekulainen. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. That that's that's a mess right now. I mean, like, yeah, they have three first round picks that you can use at your disposal, um, but like those aren't going to be like anyone like super duper amazing because mm-hmm. you know no one even knows what the draft is going to look like because you know basically all, like fifty percent of North America didn't even play in the form of the CHL, mm-hmm. but. I digress with that. Um, let's talk goalies because there's a lot to discuss. So right now, like Campbell is rocking a nine twenty three, but has looked a little more human within his last couple starts. Um, Campbell, guess, yeah, uh, yeah, 
Um, I don't know. His last few starts are really good. It was like maybe like a little bit. He had a little bit. Maybe like there's like three games like a few weeks ago where he kind of looked a little more human, but he's uh, he's got it back up. But like I was talking about this with our buddy Gord on another podcast. I'm on New Era Leafs podcast. Go check that out for more in depth Leaf talk. Um, hashtag uh, shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> um, I was talking about it with with him, and one thing that I like about Camp. Campbell is he gives those he'll give up that early goal or whatever but he finds his game and that's something that Anderson has really struggled with over the last couple years is he'd give up that goal and he just couldn't find his game and it was just like terrible after that yeah and like I don't know if you saw any of the uh the Marley games that uh that took place over the weekend but he looked shaky man I'll give him a bit of a pass just because the Marlies are literally one of the worst teams in the AHL defensively. <laughs> that is very true. Like but, they, um, they've been awful defensively. But some of those goals you look at, it's just like, I mean, mm-hmm. you gotta have those, but I mean, like it's not, not to like shit on him or anything, but like it was rough. Yeah. It was very rough. I'm not saying he was that great, but I'm also saying just take that into account that the Marlies are terrible defensive or a terrible defensive team yeah that's definitely uh, a fair assumption to make mm-hmm. um but again like we don't really know exactly what's uh what's going to occur just because you know there's a lot of again i think ideally they'll start anderson depending on what happens within these two games that are left um you think they start anderson in game one I don't see why they wouldn't. Like, it makes sense. No, I don't think they start. I don't think he gets anywhere near the net in game one, Anderson. Well, I mean, again, like the, like I said, it depends on what happens uh, within, like, the first, like, game or so. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it all depends on what happens there. I think um, Campbell would have to royally screw it up. Yeah. For him to not... For him to not be able to drop, it's his it's his crease to lose for the time being. Indeed, it is. It's his crease to lose, and they're gonna he's he's gonna be treated like how any starter would be going into the playoffs. Yeah, it's gonna be like a, a Grubauer in Washington situation where he uh, comes in and like if you need to, you resort back to your goalie, your starter for for games one and or like for games three onward or depending on, on what happens, you know, like, and I think it's mm-hmm. definitely what a, a coach like Sheldon Keefe will look at. Um, obviously comparing Leafs and Habs off all the spectrums, statistically the Leafs are the far better team. Like, I think that goes without saying mm-hmm. um, Jake Allen went from being their saving grace and goal to just being freaking rough, man. Like, he only had, like, one good game within his next, like, uh, like few starts. But, like, it's just been – it's been rough sailing for Montreal. And I honestly would be very surprised if Mark Bergevin keeps his job. I personally uh, think he should. But, again, like, nobody knows. This is the NHL. This goes you back can- to, my, to my whole theory that I think I'd be better than at least 10 general managers at their jobs. Like, I'm not even saying that as a joke or anything. You want to know a fun fact is that Jason Spezza has more points than Josh Anderson does. Jason Spezza makes significantly less than as a fourth liner. I have tweeted that out and gotten a few people from certain fan base very upset. I'm like, don't get upset at me. Get upset at, at number 17. It's, it's the facts. Like, you can't. Actually, I want to see out of curiosity which Leaf did not score a goal this year. Uh, Bogosian has not scored a goal. Neither has Sandine, Patan. Okay, who has played at least ten games and has not scored a goal? Uh, Bogosian. I think that's it. Well, does Ben Hutton count because he didn't score with the Leafs? Um, I, I, I said. Think... I said who's played at least ten games with the Leafs. Oh, okay. I that it, that it would just be Zach Bogosian uh, because Brody finally scored one. Jordan has a pair. Um, Nick Bellino's it getting there. Hopefully he'll he'll pop one next game just to be like, hey, that was a worthy tra- uh, trade. And then 
everyone will shut up about the Leafs not getting Taylor Hall. Well, this is a like a weird situation because the Leafs, like the next two games are the most meaningless games the Leafs have probably ever played in the last 20 years. Um, so yeah, like what do you even do? Like, do you even bother putting in like like Matthews, Marner, um, Tavares, Nylander, Thornton, Simmons, anyone I... else you want to like? Like, I don't think Campbell sees the net for the next two games. I like, push. I don't know. Do you rest them? Do you rest, like, anybody that needs it? I would literally just uh, let them I, – I would get, I would leave it up to the players because sometimes, obviously, players might want to play more um, than, than not. So I, I think it's definitely up for discussion. But – Again, it's one of those things where you don't really know as of right mm-hmm. now. Um, because, like, again, like, with the way that things are progressing, uh, there's going to be a lot of, like, room for, like, experimentation. And, like, this is the benefit of being in first. When you are in first, when you are at the top of the mountain, what do you normally do when you climb the top of the mountain? You sit at the top of the mountain and you say – wow, I just climbed a really friggin' big mountain. This is pretty cool. I'm going to soak it in, and I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to look at everything because why not? And rightfully so, you do that because what else are you doing? You know, that, that's clearly, you know, it's clearly like, you know, you, you can sit whoever you want. Like the Leafs are, are finishing the regular season as a top five team in the league, in my opinion. Uh, it's also funny when you look at uh, who would be considered president trophy because like the Leafs just missed out on it, but I'm okay. Or I mean, they haven't missed out on it yet. But... It doesn't matter. I don't even care about the president's trophy. Yeah, exactly. Like who was the last president trophy team to win the Stanley cup? Like you, like the last team that did it was, I think the Blackhawks in the lockout shortened season. If I remember correctly, because like it was Washington's for the longest time, then Nashville surprisingly won it, uh, then Tampa won it, and then the Bruins won it. So like it's one of those things where if you win the President's Trophy, it's almost like I don't want to say it's almost like having the best record in baseball, but like it really is if you think about it. Because like, like if you have the best record going into the playoffs and you don't win, like that's a big loss. But I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, um, who would you rather play against in the playoffs, Winnipeg or Montreal? I mean, it looks like it's going to be Montreal, but there's still a chance that Winnipeg, that that Montreal can pass Winnipeg, and we have to play Winnipeg. So, so yeah, I don't know. Who would you rather play? Uh, personally, I would say probably. I'd say probably Winnipeg just because they've been on this horrid stretch as of late. And they've like, I think like the last time that they won consecutive games was like early or, you know, mid April. And like now we're obviously going into mid May. So it's been about a month. Like I, like instinctively I was going to say Montreal, but then again, it's like Montreal, everybody wrote, wrote off in the playing around against Pittsburgh and then they beat the Penguins. So I don't want to write them. I don't want to go ahead and just be like, oh, it's going to be an easy five-game sweep or, like, however many games it'll be. I'm assuming seven. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, or four-game sweep if it is seven. Like, I don't, I don't know. But, like, again, it's one of those things where you're going to – you're going to have to kind of like wait and see depending on the momentum. Cause I think Montreal doesn't have Weber. They don't have, uh, the I mean, price isn't necessarily a hundred percent just because of all the concussions that he, or the concussion issues that he had. Um, to my knowledge, I don't believe, I don't remember who else was like on the Habs. Um, I don't think they have Eric like they aren't playing Philip Deneau because I think he's hurt. So like their center core is really really shot. So like I don't really know exactly what would what would it it would be like 
per se. But again, like, I don't really know. I mean, like, they don't have bad centers. I mean, like, Kakanyemi's definitely not horrible. Um, But, like, again, like, it's so hard because, like, the Jets, like, who would you rather face? If, like, would you rather face a team that has a defense core whose second best defenseman is Dylan DeMello? Or do you want a team whose best goal scorer is literally Tyler Toffoli when he's playing the Canucks? Well, like, here's the thing, like, Montreal and Winnipeg are basically like complete opposites, and I think the Leafs will eat, will be either one in five games or less. Um, just because, like, if you look at Winnipeg, they're a terrible, they're an atrocious defensive team. Like, if it wasn't for um, having having Hellebuck on their team, they are easily competing for last place in the North right now. Like, they have. Like they have like their forwards of Shifley, Connor, uh, Wheeler, Dubois. But if you look at their underlying numbers, they're t- all terrible defensively. They all allow more chances than what they produce. And that's like not a good recipe for success if you're a hockey team. And like you said, their defensive core is not that good. Their best, their second best defenseman is Dylan DeMello, which is kind of yikes. Um, he's not a bad third pairing guy, but if he's your second best defenseman behind Neil Pionk, it's not looking that great for you. And the only thing that worries me about Winnipeg is they have um, a goalie in Connor Hellebuck who can just go off whenever the hell he feels like it. <laughs> um, yeah. But but again, like considering how bad the rest of the team is, I don't think he'll be able to steal you an entire series, an entire seven-game series. And to say about Montreal is they're the exact opposite in the sense that they won't give you that offense, but they're a more sound defensive team when it comes to just like preventing scoring chances. And they also don't have the goalie of Connor Hellebuck esque on their team. So, so like either way, I think the Leafs are a much, 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 much better team than, than, than both of them. But if I had to pick one team to play against, I'm going to pick the Habs just because you don't have that threat of Connor Hellebuck. I'm like this when I really wish that the Flames made the playoffs because I'd much rather play the Flames. Just because, like, again, like, statistically we played them better, like, all this other stuff. But, like, again, like, you know, you don't really control that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Why did the I don't know why the Flames decided to be, like, complete ass this year, but I digress. Um, it's hard to believe it. Like, when are, when are the playoffs supposed to even start? Like, uh, second or oh, now, I guess it's like, what, like second or, or third week of May? Um, is it? Yeah, the, the, the way that the way you know, how, you know how weird this is. Okay, here's how weird this is. Okay, so. Today's the eleventh that we're recording. It'll it, this episode will be up by the, by the twelfth following day. So the twelfth, everybody plays their final game. Thursday, there's like a few people that play play their final games and like the Avs, the Blues, the Wild, the Kings. The Leafs uh, just play Friday. Yeah, and then after that, it's just like the playoffs start for Washington and Boston, but then there's also a game at three thirty between the Oilers and Canucks. Why? Mm-hmm. Like why that doesn't make sense? Like what? 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 Are the, what are the Oilers playing for? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if or if Edmonton just sat McDavid, Drysaddle, and Nugent Hopkins and just called up their taxi squad and just like, hey, we're doing this. <laughs> okay. Um, I said th- I said that the Leafs should just call up the Newfoundland Growlers since they didn't have a season this year in the East Coast Hockey League, and just let them play out the rest of the season for the Leafs. Yeah, give them give them a shot. I mean, I don't know. Like again, like it's it, it all depends on like what they want to do. I don't know who you would really give a shot to, to be honest. Uh, like, I don't really know. Yeah, I'm not really sure. But um, yeah. Anyways, um, I don't know. I think that's everything Leafs related. Yeah. What's where you want to go next? Uh, leaf pick Raptors or or Blue Jays. I think you want to do the Raptors dra- uh, draft lottery. I do. So before the show, we planned that we are going to see 
because now that the Raptors are officially out of the playoffs, we can officially look forward to the draft lottery, which makes me excited because I haven't had a draft lottery for a team to look forward to since Austin Matthews. So it's exciting. It's a, it's an exciting time to be a, a fan of a bad or underachieving team because I think the Raptors are right back at another top three team in the East next year with a with a with a good draft pick and it's and I don't know it's exciting to me just because I feel like the season was throwaway anyways might as well get a pretty good draft pick out of it. Yes, yeah, like it's that's the best thing to come out of any and also like the draft is actually you know our draft mm-hmm. unlike you know other stuff. Yeah. All right. So it looks like that the Raptors right now are ranked the seventh worst team in the NBA. So that would right. give them without any, if the lottery just went as it's supposed to, the Raptors would have the seventh worst, um, seventh, sorry, the seventh best pick. And, and it doesn't look like they'll get any lower than that. And it's not looking like there'll be, there'll be much higher than that. So we can almost say that they're going to go into the draft lottery in the seventh position. Correct. Yeah. And just to give you all the probability, Currently, the Toronto Raptors have a 31.9, so you throw it up to 32% chance of the top four pick and a 7.5% chance of a number one overall pick. So in front of me right now, I have a website called tankathon.com. And for those of you that are not familiar, it's a website where I can simulate a draft lottery with real-time odds. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Actually, what we are going to do. I am going to do this. And I'm my co-host here, um, Matthew, is going to um, jot down. We're going to do it 10 times. And Matt, if you don't mind keeping track on like a sheet of paper or something, where the Raptors fall in each, in each uh, time I, I, do the, I do the lottery. And we're gonna see. Sometimes. We're gonna we're gonna predict where the Raptors are going to pick after what the average will be after ten of these lottery simulations. We're and this is science, guys. This is science. Whatever happens here is what's gonna happen in real life because that's how science works. We're doing your favorite like uh, unit in math called probability. Mm-hmm. And also, um, Matt and I are both bad at math, so bear with us when we try to get the average of the picks at the end of it. So, uh, okay, Matt, are you? Are, do you have a sheet of paper? In I'm front jotting of you? down one to ten right now. Hold on. All right. Okay, it has been jotted down. Okay, so let's. Okay, I currently have it set. Okay. Sim lottery. This is the first one. Let's see. The Toronto Raptors will pick. This one did not change at all. They will be seventh. Okay. So mark down seven after one. Let me know when you're good to go for the next one. I know what I'm doing. All right. I'm ready. Okay. Let me reset it. And number two. Draft lottery simulation number two has the Raptors picking number three. Let's go. Okay. Like I said, guys, this is all science. So whatever happens here will happen in real life, right? Yes, because that's how they do everything. That's yes. What, how much do you want to bet that's how people are like, okay, we have this, we have these life-saving drugs for people right now. We're just going to like have people like say that it's fake for science purposes. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Are you ready for simulation number three? Yeah. All right. Simulation number three. Here we go. Oh, number two for the Raptors. I love how you go from seven to three to two. Mm-hmm. All right. Are you good to let me know if you're good to go? Got yeah, that jotted just, down? Just lay it on. All me. right. Lottery number four simulation. Has the Raptors at number two once again? Things are looking good, guys. Things are looking very good right now. I'm marking down whichever numbers come twice. So far, we've gotten two twice. Okay. We got two twice. (laughs) 
All right. So let's, uh, you ready for simulation number five? All right. Number five, here we go. This has the Raptors picking seventh. I guarantee you this is literally going to be the three numbers that are going to be in the Powerball tonight. So, uh, so Matt, do you want to – we're halfway through right now. Do you want to recap what where the Raptors are picking in each of the five so, simulations we've done so far? So far, from do you want me to go chronologically for each one? So they pick seventh. For, so first time around, seventh. Second time, third. Third and fourth, they both end up at second. And fifth, they go back to seventh, or they stay at seventh, I should say. All right. Let me reset it again. All right. Are you ready for simulation number six? Sure. All right. Simulation number six has the Raptors picking. Oh, they went down one to number eight. Damn. You're just, you went from like hitting high with Mm -hmm. two two names. Yeah. you're You're falling. I'm falling. I'm falling. All right. So let's uh, do number seven. You ready? Yeah. All right. Simulation number seven has the Raptors just staying at number seven again. All right. So the walk looks like it's run out right now. So it's the third time that they uh, don't move up. They stay mm-hmm. in pat. They also don't move down. Glass half full. The way you look at it. So what is this? Simulation number eight now? Yes. All right. Let's sim this. And they say at seven again. It's number eight, right? Uh yeah. Jesus. You're not having fun right now. Mm-hmm. All right, number number nine now. You got two more shots to move up to two within the top. Wait, wait, wait. You haven't jotted down. Was this was that number seven or eight? I have it at eight because you got you got seven twice. Oh yes, yes. Okay. Okay. Row. Yeah. Yeah. So this is number nine. Simulate this lottery. Oh, Raptors move down to eight again. Wow, you really are not having good luck tonight, but all right. So this is number ten. So do you want do you want to recap before you hit the last one? Yes. So, Just to make sure, because I have a small so brain. Far, this team, uh, they ended up uh, standing pat. So far, the, the the best probability right now for them is to stay at seven. All right, guys, we're going to try to figure out what the math is of the average so, above the numbers that we got. So right now, um, based on what I'm seeing, uh, the probability right now is they're going to pick seven, uh, three out of ten times. But they also have a two. four out of ten, at least. We oh, got seven four times. Oh right, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Hold on. Wait, was it? Four? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, so right now, almost fifty percent is they are currently going to uh, pick at uh, at seven. Mm-hmm. They have a twenty percent chance of picking second, but they also have another twenty percent chance of dropping to eight. This next one, it's got it's got to be the big one. You, yes, it you does. You gotta do it for this time. All right, Matt. Can I ask you to give a bit of a drum roll on your desk? Uh, and when the drum roll is done, I will tell you what this says. This is a really shitty drum roll, but I don't give a shit. You hear it or no? I do not hear a damn thing. Don't worry, it's fine. I don't hear anything, but it's fine. We'll just do it anyways. And the Raptors get the number one overall pick. Are you serious? I am dead serious. Okay. Um. So let's do the – okay, so hold on. Let's do so I, – Here. I, I can do, do – Now, are you familiar with the math? I'm pretty sure – Now, if I'm wrong, this is going to sound very stupid, but I am very bad at math. But what you do is you add up each result that you got, and then you divide it by the number of numbers that are there. So that would be whatever – Right, Does that makes sense. 10? Yeah, so and then you divide that by ten. Well, so I've already, I've already. So right now they have a forty percent chance of picking set or picking seven, not moving up or moving down. Mm-hmm. So not it's not half, but that's so far that's their best option. They you, we have we ended up with a two out of ten chance that they 
picked second overall. They also had a 20% chance at dropping to eight. They had a 10% chance at picking third. And they have also a 10% chance at picking first. All right. So I'm going to find out what the average result was between 10 of these. So we got first once, right? Yes. You got second twice. Yes. You got third once. You got uh, eighth twice. And you got seven, three. uh, You got seven, four times. So, So, yeah. And then. That's one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, and then the seven four times. That is correct. And then I'm going to divide that by 10. One sec. And then I'm going to divide that by 10. So the rest of the average pick that we got in our science experiment here is 5.2. You can round that down to five. So there's a good chance that the Raptors can get a top five pick. That is entirely possible. It's will they? Is the question. I mean, we just did the science experiment and that's basically what it said. So do you think that Oilers fans did this when they won the draft lottery all those times? Yes, they did it every single time. I, I think. I feel like they did it more than like uh, more than 10. If you want, we can just have like, we can just do it a hundred times. Yeah. Just make that a whole episode. Like just do it a hundred times, man, more sample size. But, and nonetheless, this is a mini science experiment. I think it went pretty well. I'd say so. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. So one sec. So let's see, I'm going to pull up and I'm going to see. Who, um, I'm just gonna pull up the top prospects of the draft, and I'm gonna see who who might be available at number at number five. I don't think we'll be able to see like a Mobley or a Suggs or a Cunningham, but this is a, an extremely deep draft that we can look at, and that's why I'm super excited because the Raptors picked the right season to not to underperform. And it was a season that they did not play in Toronto, had to practice out of a hotel ballroom. And it's a very deep draft. So that's very good planning for the, for, uh, for the Toronto Raptors, I think. So let's see. At number five, it looks like you might be able to get a – Ooh, you might be able to get a Jalen Suggs depending on how far he falls, which would be amazing. A Jonathan Kuminga, who is going the – he's not a traditional NBA prospect as he's not – he did not go the NCAA route. He is a member of the, of the G League Ignite, which is a team of a bunch of players who decided not to go the NCAA route and in fact get paid professionally which is very smart because I'm not a big fan of the NCAA and how they treat their players or their athletes or we can also get a Keon Johnson who's also someone that I would be very 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 excited for and if we really get mismanaged in the draft we can get a Franz Wagner from Michigan who I don't know. These are all pretty solid players, but like, if you can like get a top five pick in Jalen Suggs falls, you are and you are Masai Ujiri or Bobby Webster. Masai Ujiri might not even. Well, no, his contract is up after the draft. So, um, yeah, if if you are Masai Ujiri and you and Bobby Webster, and you see Jalen Suggs available at if you pick at number five. You are sprinting like an Usain Bolt dead sprint to the to the podium to draft Jalen Suggs. That is very much true. I mean, there wouldn't be much people in the way, like, you know, social distancing and stuff, my guy. Even if there is people in the way, you freaking knock them right over. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely something that will 
be done because screw who's in your way. We got we got business to do. Exactly. So yes, that was our basketball slash raptor segment of the show. We did a science experiment, never before done on the Queen City Roundup before. So we can now well, officially next time we have Bill and I. We can now officially call this edutainment. No, no. Go 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 go, go to the corner. Why not? Go to, no, go to the corner. No, Why not? I'm, I'm I'm taking over. We did a science experiment. We tried a science experiment. And we did it pretty successfully, I think. Okay, I hope so. Um anyways, there's something I want to talk about. It's not exactly Blue Jays related, but it's a pretty interesting topic that could have some effect on Canada. Um Here's the thing. What do you um I can be lost my train of thought, but it came out today that the MLB has advised the Oakland Athletics to seek um relocation if their if their new stadium doesn't get approved by the government there. Ooh, I know um, where you're going with this. What cities do you think they will go to? And are any of those cities Montreal or Vancouver? No, I don't think either, because uh, baseball hates can uh, Major League Baseball hates Canada. Um, first of all, I think the A's expanding is way overdue. I think it was something that needed to happen uh, a long time ago. I don't know, uh, man. I feel bad because like they have like a, an extremely loyal fan base. They do, and, and and this is the unfortunate thing is the fact that um, Oakland, like they can't get like they can't have anything like the the A's are leaving. Um, there's the uh, you know the Raiders already moved to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's still so much stuff that like is leave like the only thing that's like within Oakland's area is like what Golden State. Well, like, yeah, well, no, Golden State moved to San Francisco, but San Francisco and Oakland are literally just a bridge, a bridge away from each other. So, clearly, so it's the San, it, it's the Bay Area market. There's, there's clearly only like two areas that I think uh, really make sense and what baseball would really consider. So, the first one is going to be Vegas because. The NHL already proved that Vegas is incredibly well put together. And, you know, with, with the success of hockey, like baseball should be a no-brainer. Um, the second one, which I think would be very interesting, is bring baseball to a southern state like uh, either Nashville or North Carolina. Because I feel like those are definitely – two cities that would definitely host and would love a ballpark and also like sorry what was that i just zoned out for a second i have the jays game on in the background (laughs) i have the jays game on the back you don't hear me zoning out Mm -hmm. um but what i was saying was is i if it's not vegas it's going to be one of nashville or carolina nashville's interesting i think nashville they do it just because nashville like they already have a hockey team. Uh, they have a football. They have uh, I mean, they have a minor league team in Nashville, and I know they do. They in, do have a minor in league Charlotte, team. Carolina, as well. Yeah, so I think like you can really do it. I think like I think North Carolina makes the most sense. Like or somewhere in Carolina, I think like either North or South Carolina makes sense just because you have those, you know, an audience that would definitely love it. You have the weather advantage. Same thing with Nashville. Um, Vegas, obviously, it's a little colder in the the winter time, but you know it's not like as bad as like a Montreal. And like with Mo- if you do do Montreal, like Olympic Stadium's got to go. And I don't know if like the team. Yeah, they 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 need a stadium in Montreal, and they'd also need to build one in Vancouver too. So that's like a whole other layer of shit, which is why it's not looking like that they would go there because you need to get stadiums approved by the cities and all that. Yeah. And that's something that I think uh, makes sense. But again, like 
this is Major League Baseball, they'll probably like put it in like Oregon or like uh, No, they won't. You never know. Or like um, I mean I mean Portland would be a good market. That is very true. Um but I mean like again, it's one of those things where like, I don't know I don't know what's going on with the like there are so many like you, you think that the Jays have like an issue with their like ballparks. Like the A's are, are you know, if the, the A's are basically saying if we don't get the stadium, we're folding. Which or sucks. relocating. Or like relocating, which sucks, mm-hmm. but like you know, you gotta you gotta keep that in mind. Like um, it sucks because like as someone who's been to that diamond, like yeah, don't get me wrong, it's ugly, it's old, it's falling apart. But one thing I had going for it is it's a nice weather outdoor stadium. <laughs> and I mean, like, say what you want, but like the Rogers Center sucks when the dome is closed. And like even when it the dome is open, it doesn't really feel like an outdoor stadium, if that makes sense. And I don't know, like the whole vibe of watching a game there in an outdoor stadium is just like different. But I still understand that the that they literally had sewage leaking in the dugouts in the stadium, right? So the stadium's got to go no matter what you if you if you want to stay in Oakland. And like I said before, like they have like such like a a, a cult like and like passionate fan base that like I'd feel bad to see that team move just because I know how much they love the A's there, but. At the end of the day, if you if you don't get what you need, then then that's I feel like their only other option. Yeah, but again, like there's the logistics side in it that's definitely going to be looked at. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely interesting. Uh, the Jays just tied the game, at least. So my stream is officially because I oh I just saw the Vladdy single right now. Yes. So yeah, my stream is about ten seconds behind from yours. So- talk about this team because it seems weird man and not weird in a bad way i think they're kind of right on track it's they're weirdly yet um positively inconsistent if that makes sense they're a very good offensive team or actually they're a better offensive team now um that doesn't have their arguably their best player in springer on the team uh and they have a very good bullpen. Like I think their bullpen's probably top in, in the league right the now. The bullpen right now I know is for sure top three in the league. Oh, it is. Um and which I, is I, I expected the bullpen to be a strength for them. I did not expect it to be this good. Exactly. Like they've had so many cons- like consistent guys. Like they're even with all arm, the injuries they had too, like the fact that they're like this good is like is shockingly amazing. Their worst bullpen option is like what, friggin' uh, Tommy Malone maybe, like the, like there are guys that are going through it. Like Steven Matz had a rough out, uh, a rough few outings, but he uh, I think he bounced back. Uh, he bounced back, yeah, he bounced back nicely. So and, and that's what you expect. Like I didn't think he was going to keep that form for the entire season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like a couple other guys got hit a little bit. Like don't like. But then again, a lot of these like inflated numbers on the ERA, it's because of the home run, mm-hmm. and that, and that, and that's common. When you when you give up home runs, you give up extra base hits. Your ERA is going to soar. Uh, and then obviously, like you know, Pearson's start on uh, on Saturday, I believe it was Saturday or Sunday, did not go well at all. Um, but again, like it's, it's something that I think I didn't expect them to be at that point to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking, um, or I guess we get to this later if you want to still keep it on the pitching, but, um, yeah, like, I think this is like, we talked about this last week. I don't think we need to reiterate it, but like th- this team is desperate for another starter. Like, 100%. if they could trade for, like, another, like, number two guy, then I think they're, they're, they'll be set considering they all stay healthy and stuff. But they're desperate for another starting arm, and their bullpen is pretty much figured out, I think. Like, they're they're doing really well in that department. Um, much better than I expected, as I said a few minutes ago. But there's one player that, like, I have a bunch of question marks around, and to me, it's like it's like Kevin Biggio. Like, do you see him as part of the Blue Jays' future plans, or do you think that he's a trade chip? 
I was actually having this uh, conversation with myself the other day because, like, he's not a third baseman at all. He's like, it's just like, it's <clears throat> like, where do you put him? Like, I don't think you put him as a permanent DH because that's doing a disservice to his value and all that. I think he plays pretty good. I think his best position defensively is when he plays in right field, but the outfield is so loaded and he's not, and like, he's such he's too young of an asset and too valuable of an asset to have him not be an everyday player um you're not going to put him at second or short on a consistent basis with bowens and trevor simeon there um third base seems to be simeon yeah what did i say said trevor again did i do that again i don't know why i always do that oh my god uh anyways yeah so you're not going to do that with bow and simeon playing the middle infield um, he probably can play first base, but Vlad's actually Vlad. He's doing a very good job there. So yeah, he's the only option is is to put him at third base consistently. But like, other than that, he's one of those bench guys who you can who you can put in like anywhere anywhere you want to get people off days. But is that really what you want him to be? Probably not. Exactly, and like it's like, what do you do with him now? Mm-hmm. Like he's definitely got interest around the league because of his name for one. And uh, the fact that he's shown a lot of promise and still has like a super high ceiling, but it's just that like, he's struggling now at the plate too. And especially with players like um, um, Austin Martin and Troy Grossens coming up in the system, where, where does he fit? I mean, yeah, exactly. Like he's falling hard on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Like the only reason why he's getting playing time is because of the hole we have defensively at third base. And I don't think Espinal doesn't quite have the offensive upside for him to be an everyday third baseman. And Joe Panic is just a bench. Like he's a, he, I think he's a pretty good depth piece, but he's he's not a guy that you put out there every day. So. Yeah, like it just puts it like he he's in limbo right now. Like it's like he's only there because of something, and it's just a matter of time before, um, because before you have an Austin Martin come in and take his spot. Exactly. And I think like again, like it's one of those things where when you're so loaded with depth, like what are you gonna do? Like it's I, a I, good I, issue to have. Exactly, especially when you're contending. Mm-hmm. But also, like, and then, like, that goes into, like, okay, maybe for this season, you, since you have so much offense and stuff, and you really want another starter, you probably use Biggio in a deal to get one of, to get an arm, no? And then you just go with Espinal and Panic, kind of, like, platooning that role. Maybe even you put um, Vlad there every once in a while if you want to keep things interesting. If you if you need more of a power bat there for a certain game or whatever, um, it all depends, I guess. But but yeah, like it's yeah, like I, I I personally, unless he really starts to like improve defensively at third, who knows? He easily can. He's he's a player with boatloads of talent and has just been struggling this season. Like I do really like him, but it's just like looking at the roster and the players you have coming up. I just don't know if he's there long term. Yeah, and I think, like, it's one of those things where you really need to, you know, go about it in the right way. Like, I don't know, like, what they're doing. And, like, and even so, like, what do you really do mm-hmm. with that? I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, suitors for him, too, where a team that would be probably selling on a pitcher could want, like, a infielder slash utility guy. Because you can put him at second, you can put him at third, you can put him at, you can put him in the outfield. But is it just me, or has he also played games at at first base too? I think he has. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. So like he's a versatile player, but it's one of those things. It's jack of all trades, but master of none, right? Exactly, and like that—that's something. But it's like, what, what do you get for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I don't know where 
I don't know. Like off the top of your head, do you know of any trade destinations where we can be able to get an arm for him? Not off the top of my head, because I don't know anybody that really needs like an infielder. I always out. I always resort resort to the Reds, but the Reds are not going to be sellers this year, it looks like. As of right now, yeah. yeah. Like teams could obviously like fall off pretty mm-hmm. hard. I mean, like, if the Royals keep skidding, that would be something that I think maybe they look at. Um, because then you could have him maybe play second with uh, uh, Adab- Mondesi. Um, that's presuming Merrifield isn't playing at second. I'm assuming that he's in the L field, but again, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm checking right now. Yeah, because they have Merrifield right now as their second baseman, technically. So I don't know if you would really do that. Maybe you move him at third if you don't like uh, Hunter Dozier, who hasn't been really panning out. So, like, I mean, that's an option, but is it really? But, like, do they have the arm for us? I mean, they have a lot uh, of arms that are. But, like, I'm talking about, like, a solid guy that you can put as, like, your number two in the rotation. Um, I mean, if he keeps up the pace, Danny Duffy would be perfect. Just because he's a veteran and he's a lefty that you can you can throw in there. Um the even tig- like a, the Tigers. The Tigers, I would be definitely okay if we get like a like a Matt Boyd. Like ideally, just because like that's the only arm I think that I would really be like interested. He's a former J, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like I mean, like one of their better pitchers, like Michael Fulmer's like okay. But like he isn't like great. The twins um, don't really got. I was looking at the twins because they're kind of struggling. But you want to go get two old Jays back? And who Donaldson and uh and Donaldson and Shoemaker and Hap. And Hap. Oh, Hap is there too. Yeah. Hey, you can't forget about Jay Hap. Mm-hmm. Uh, like yeah, I was looking at like, but I don't know where Biggio would fit for the for the um for the twins but just because they i don't think they i don't know if they sell that hard and give us and give donaldson for a project essentially um and then the right field you have you have max kepler who i don't think i know he's pretty good defensively i don't think you're going to like i don't think he's going to beat him out for that job um and then you look at then you look at second base and they're pretty set there too. So it's just like, I don't think that that really fits either. Um, unless you look in the national league, the Cubs, they're kind of, I mean, I would love a Hendrick. Like he's been really bad. I mean, the reds right now are actually below the Cubs in the standings. Yeah. So, so who like, knows? I, there's really so much time to like contemplate this, and I think now is the perfect time. And especially considering that this team's doing better than uh, mm-hmm. than most teams outside of the AL East, like they're they're pretty good. If Kevin Biggio is our biggest issue right now, we're doing fine. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But like, and then like, there's there's other guys like I'm sure they definitely could use like another like setup man, depending on Merriweather's injury. But I don't know. I think they'll definitely be, uh, you mm-hmm. know, they'll definitely be fine. I think as of right now, um, and again, like even with Springer's injury, like it's nothing serious. Yeah, I figure with Springer, like I'm not too upset about him going back on the DL, just because I'd rather them get him right now. Like get him healthy and whatever, like while they can early on in the season, so you have him for the playoff push, and he's completely fine and healthy then. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But again, like the only time will tell. Yeah. So, uh, anything else you you want to say? Um. No, that's really about it. Um. Uh... I joined the Pfizer Club a week ago. Hell yeah. So did I. I got my I shot. I had to go to Schoenberg, Ontario, which I've never been to before. And you had so, to go where? 
uh, a little town called Schoenberg, Ontario. Which See, is- I went up near near your parts to uh, to Markham for mine. Yeah, uh, I thought I was gonna go there because that's where my dad went, and then. Like I look at the friggin' email and it's just like, oh, Schomburg. Okay, I don't know oh, where Schomburg. the hell that is. Schomburg, yes. Okay, I didn't know what you said for a second. I have a friend that lives there. It's not too bad. Yeah, it's, it's not a small, too far. Uh, fun little like tidbit. Um, outside where the community center where they were giving it, um, there's like not many people there, and like, but when I showed up, you look across the street where the McDonald's is, cars are packed. Yeah, man, everyone's got to get their McDicks. And- Yo, just like put the frigging clinics in a McDonald's. Like you, you get it, and then you eat a junior chicken. After I the- actually like what a lot of teams are doing now. Like I know that the Atlanta Braves are doing this. If you have a ticket to the game, you can go to the game and also get your vaccine. Yeah, and another- I think I think programs like that are super effective. Should Canadian NHL teams do that? Man, do I don't want to go. I want to go. And then did you hear that the lockdown is going to be extended in Ontario for another two weeks, probably? Oh, my God. I'm going to lose my I mind. I don't know, man. At it least let me go golfing. That's all I want. Just let me go golfing. First world problems, am I right? Very much first world problems. But, I mean, I digress. I mean, there's there's definitely, like, a shit ton of issues that are brutal. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, here's but like, thing. I'm about to lose my mind here, man. Oh, Weather's my getting my mind's already pretty... gone. Huh? My mind's already gone. Like the 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 weather's gonna be getting nice and you're just gonna and then Mr. Ford is just gonna be like, Yeah, no, you can't do anything. You gotta stay inside. I'm gonna lose my mind. Yeah. Apparently they're saying that there's a frost. Oh, and I guess yeah, now the weather oh the weather's getting very nice this week. Oh, that looks good. That mm-hmm. looks nice. I mean it's not like Scorching like, hot, like, it's so you know. stupid. Like, I don't know. I might be going off here. Maybe we should end this podcast. But like I live across the street from a from a schoolyard with like a bunch of basketball nets. And I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. I get bored. Just walk across the street and like shoot a basketball around. But I can't because apparently it's illegal to do so. And they've taken off all the basketball hoops. So it's just backboards. Hey, you practice your rebounds, you know. Yes, I'll be the next Andre Drummond. Yes, and you'll get paid millions of dollars to do so. Millions of dollars to be useless, essentially. But that's, I was going to say be overrated, but you're, you you could be the Duke dick and say that. Yes. The most ineffective top rebounder in, in NBA history. That is very, very true. All right. All right, so yeah, that's everything. Be sure to follow us on social media, on Twitter at Q underscore City Roundup, and on Instagram at Queen City Roundup. And we will see all of you fine people next week.